You're listening to Pacific Street Blues. It brings voices from abroad and makes us neighbors of people. On 89.7, The River. Come on in. Come on in. 
chance, there's a good chance You're gonna run across some of your old friends No, your loneliness We'll try to soothe, yeah Play the blues for you And that was I'll Play the Blues for You by Chris Lager. He's got a brand new record out. It's called Blues Lover, and there's a release party on November 24th, which is the night before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, November 24th at the Jewel. And with us in the studio is Mr. Lager. What's up? (laughs) It's so good to see you. (laughs) It's good to see you. Always. Always. Good. Yeah. So you've got a brand new record. Yes, sir. And it's called Blues Lover, and this is a little bit of a departure for you. You did all of the instrumentation except the beats that's right yeah okay. you read the liner notes <laughs> I did. well you told me <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah yeah it's the first time i've been so ambitious and uh i feel like it's just an accumulation and a natural process of wanting to um put out the sounds that i enjoy and that i want my sounds to be and you know even when i get into these multi-million dollar studios it seems like i come back with mixes that i still don't feel great about so and it's not that i you know they're they're fine they're they're good mixes but at this point in the game i just have certain sounds that i like and i feel like i accomplished that with the help of doug van sloan he was a big like he really helped me get my mixes into shape and and we went back and forth you know i probably he he would send me an email say you know this is a little weird this is a little weird and and it helped me get better. So I'm hoping this is just the start of uh, high output for me because I got a ho- I got another album in the can. That's an all original record. Really is a good time capsule of where I'm at right now. Okay. And that's kind of what I'm going for with most of my records. Like this, this was an experimental record because it's the first time I've ever done a record that's not original. There's okay. only two originals on the record. Out of how many tracks? Out of ten. Ten. So there's eight covers, and and most of them have been songs that I've been playing since I was a teenager. You know, songs that blues songs that I fell in love with. And you've got uh, some of the people that are represented are Buddy Guy, Albert King, um, Alan Toussaint, right? Snooky Pryor. Well, that was kind of when you started out. You were kind of a straight up blues guy, Zubar kind of guy. Yeah, you know, I'm still a zoo bar guy. We got a date coming up, or I guess when <laughs> this will come out, it, it'll be past. But you've kind of developed your own sort of sound since then, though. I mean, I wouldn't say you're usually just a straight up blues player. You've definitely ventured beyond that. And I feel like it's kind of a blessing and a curse. I've never fit the the I could I I never felt like I could be a blues artist too. Yeah. You know, of course, when I was 17, I thought I could. Yeah, but, but you don't pick a lot of cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't fit the the profile, and yeah. and and it's a good thing. Yeah, like that you know because it's pushed my songwriting, and yeah. and I've really in a blues vehicle, mm-hmm. a blues guitar vehicle, and a lot of Texture, times, sound yeah, pictures, yeah, yeah. So, but you kind of got that jam band thing going too, that sort of hippie vibe, big time. Yeah, I yeah. love to jam. I, yeah. I love to. And no song is the same ever, yeah. you know. And <laughs> Does routine bother you? I'm more comfortable with routine than I ever have been. I remember back when I was younger, I thought routine was... was now, is that a function of age and fatherhood? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. You know, the one thing, uh, and, and this might be different for you because you're out traveling, and I like to say is you can stay, when you have young children, you can stay up as late as you want, but you're getting up at six. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That's <laughs> and you know exactly what I mean, man. Yeah, yeah. When those kids got to eat, they got to eat. Yeah. Thank God for my wife. My wife is, uh, she holds it down big time. She yeah. lets me sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time, but, you know, like, uh, she's very understanding about my lifestyle, yep. and my late night. Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, when you're making a record, do you hear, like, a drum sound? Like, do you hear an album? Led Zeppelin, because that's what's sitting right there. And you hear that drum sound, you're like, that's the drum sound I want. Then do you go pursue that when you're micing the drums in the studio? Yeah, there's a drum sound I go after for sure. And it's mostly exists in like the 60s, early 70s like which era. Drummer, would you think? I'm not necessarily going after a drummer or okay. a recording. More of a vibe. Like I like squishy drum sounds tape saturated sounds like i definitely think zeppelin had a thing for sure but they're probably even a little bit more aggressive than the drum sounds i'm going after like but can you give us an example of uh what sort of sound quality texture um i mean i like i like the stacks stuff the all of the 70s columbia stuff is that jackson yeah the drummer yeah 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 the uh, mgs yeah so any of that like soul and like uh you know i like like the parliament funkadelic vibe too where the or the muscle shoals vibe where the the drums are are loud in the mix so i i go for a louder mixed drum than like the stacks records in a sense but i like the sounds they're getting so i like a squishy round drum sound so do you find then, because uh, you produce this yourself then, mm-hmm. and are you a good producer? I'd like to think I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like producing other musicians. I really do. Well, I was going to ask you, have, have you who, who have you produced? I've done some sessions like with Hector Anchando. Okay. Unfortunately, it didn't get released, but uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Was that the Revolution track? Or? I never got him in for Revolution, unfortunately. Oh, I wish. Okay. I pretty much did all that, and then... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I was but, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were the you were the main uh, muse. <laughs> have you heard Hector's new record? I have. Yeah, I like it. I like I, it too. You know, I, his, I, uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I know you are. You, well, it's hard not to be his fan. He's yeah. just such a nice, gentle guy. You know, he really is. Yeah. yeah. We, we went to the used bookstore the other day. We <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It was cool because uh, you get to see people in a, in a light, you know, because usually he's working the stage and then he's got to talk to the fans. And so you get like a two minute, you know what? I mean, oh, you yeah. see it all the time. And yeah. so that was more of a sit down and talk about literature and what do you want to read kind of. So nice. we're talking to Chris Logger. He's got a brand new record out. It's called Blues Lover. And, of course, there will be a CD release party on uh, Wednesday, November 24th, at the Jewel, which is down at the corner of 10th and Capitol inside the Marriott Hotel. And that's the night before Thanksgiving. And it's just one show, 7 o'clock yeah. show? Yeah, we're just going to do one show. Okay. A couple yeah. sets. And my buddy Jackson Stokes, who I'm going to produce a record for okay. um, in a couple weeks. Um, in fact, during that week leading up to the Jewel show, we're going to be working on a record together okay. in the hopes of maybe doing a tour together this spring. Okay. Um, so Jackson Stokes is going to open up the show, I think, and him and I are going to do a duo thing. I'm going to bring him back up with the band later on in the show. So is the first set just you and Jackson acoustic? Mm-hmm. And then the second set is the full ensemble? Yeah. And so uh, since you played all the in- instruments on the album, uh, who's going to be in the band when you do the show? Are we going to know these? At the Jewel, I At got Jacob Sorensen on the bass, and okay. he's been with me um, 
about five years or so like on and off okay um and then on drums i'll have matt arbiter who's a omaha guy that's our bellevue technically that is uh just back after spending over a decade in new york city and so he's uh and he just did the this tour with me we did a tour out to the west coast and back and he did that tour with me so it's gonna be a great uh I, I we're really gelling. I'm I'm really enjoying playing with Matt. Okay. He's, he's uh you know the drummer is like to me it's all about the drummer. You know, hundred percent of the time. If the drummer is is locked in, my world is good. You know. <laughs> well, I, I would argue. You tell me if I'm crazy. That a hundred percent of the time, the difference between a good band and a great band is the drummer. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You're only as good as your drummer. So every, every time. And then Jeremiah is going to play keys as oh, well. Too, all right. So, so Jeremiah will be there. Back. Back. I put organ on every every song on this record, so I feel like I gotta have a. <laughs> so did uh, Maya teach you the uh, organ, or did you figure that out on your own? I've learned quite a few things from Jeremiah, um, but yeah, a lot of it's just been me playing. Yeah, I, I picked up the keys probably about I don't know ten years ago or so. Okay. So we're kind of talking about it, but um, uh, we're not getting any younger. You've got <laughs> kids at home, you've got a wife and a mortgage and stuff. How is that transition in your life? showing up in your music what uh what's changing as you age many many things you i know. can imagine man. <laughs> it's it's altered my life for the better um but definitely made it trickier yeah it feels like i'm juggling and i'm trying to keep all the balls in the air i can never get the work output that i want yeah. you know i always wonder what i did with my time before i had kids <laughs> but yet it makes everything's so much sweeter too you know i feel like my songs have more depth to them my time is more valuable so i feel like even though i'm constantly trying to work more trying to produce more trying to spend more time in the studio or on an instrument the time that i do get to spend is is even more richer because Mm -hmm. of being a father and a husband and and uh just wanting to be a productive member of the community you know in general and having that awareness is is definitely my awareness has increased dramatically (laughs) you talk about social awareness or um just yeah my how i how people perceive me and i'm a big philosophical guy when it comes to music like i don't want my music to be diluted with any of the business any of the you know of course i'm i'm aware of the fact that it's going to have to enter into the equation but i want it to be post creation post motivation you know i don't want to so you're making the argument that it's art for art's sake yeah yeah okay that's that's my goal in life you know i don't want to be touting my you know where my chart position is yeah or, or i don't want you to be i want to i don't want to be posting about nominate me on the ballot you know that's not what i want to be doing with my yeah. time you know but that it, is part of the game unfortunately it seems that way but i don't i i could totally go on for hours about how i think it should not be part of the game well let's do this <laughs> let's uh hear the next track from the record this is a track called me and my woman this is from chris logger's new album it's called blues lover it is an album of blues tracks
Pacific Street Blues. And this time, no mistakes! On 89.7 The River.
From the album entitled Blues Lover, that is Chris Lager, and a track there entitled Get Out of My Life, Woman, an Alan Toussaint song. And he's got a brand new release coming out. It's on uh, Wednesday, November 24th at The Jewel, which is the night before Thanksgiving. And so there's a one show only, a 7 p.m. show at The Jewel on Wednesday, November 24th. And with us in the studio to talk about his brand new record is Chris Lager. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we kind of, you know, we've been... Uh, We've known each other for a long, long time. <laughs> and and one of the things that uh, makes you such an attractive person is your optimism and your love for people and uh, your love for your fellow man. So, you know, what do you feel good about? What do you, where's, where's, where should I find hope? I, re- I really think that there's a lot. There's a lot to be hopeful for. Okay. You know, I think all these social movements and all these... Uh, things being exposed is 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 good because as a whole we're saying no more we're saying no more hate no more you know yeah. we should love each other no At matter what try. Yeah, yeah yeah you know and and love isn't always easy it, and it isn't always uh you know it can some, be challenging yeah it's very challenging yeah. just like marriage you know it's like yeah. <laughs> it's challenging yeah. but it's work and and at the end of the day, if you stay committed and and you you're you're tolerant of each other, good things are come going to come about. And I think we're there as a society. We're getting close, maybe closer. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're there, but yeah, we're we're aware of. But you use your music to send out good vibes, and in your show, you talk about the good vibes and the love for one another. Where does this come from? I mean, were your <laughs> were your parents particularly spiritual? Yeah, and. Uh, they were spiritual enough to hand a little nugget down to me and yeah. and i think i i picked up on buddhism a lot yeah. um in my 20s i really got into that and that kind of really set me up for trying to just be present and so you mentioned that you're uh, working on a new song kind of along these lines because i, I kind of get the sense that you're constantly looking for that positive i don't know for lack of a better term vibration kind of quote bob marley <laughs> but uh you're working on a new album and a new song can you talk a little bit about that or yeah i got this song where i, I think the title i'm going for is uh is love is still alive okay. and and the concept started with uh a conversation i had at one of my solo shows okay. in sioux city i was talking about how we we tend to we're a cult of personality kind of society where we attach to messengers and idols and stuff and and i don't know why necessarily maybe it's maybe that's just the way we are as a hierarchical well we look for leadership or we look for something to believe in yeah you know but in in that pursuit we oftentimes latch on to the people the messenger over the message yeah so that was what i was talking about on stage you know probably a little loose lip and little <laughs> and no drinking involved that, at all. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been some jameson but it inspired somebody to put a note in my tip jar saying i look forward to hearing your message over the messenger song so and and that did create uh you know that did water that seed and i have been working on it and even today i was in my studio um working out you know all the details and i feel like i finally finished all the lyrics and stuff and and that's the concept yeah because philosophically that's where i try to i try to thread that needle of not making it about me yeah I worry that music will be used for sorcery because it can be, and it and it has, and it and 
and I try not to be a part of that. I want to, and I don't. Is there a song or an artist that uh, you find inspiring or hope filled that you? I mean, and and I feel like we're all humans, you know. Yeah. So, and you could probably find you can anybody could go into my catalog and find numerous examples of me not being enlightened yeah. or you know like fully aware. But how much of your music do you find uh, is either autobiographical or at least an expression of a concern that you have or a fear mm-hmm. maybe woven uh, in there? Yeah, hundred really percent almost. Yeah, you know, like yeah. And and you're almost you almost have to have like split personalities where yeah. one song you're digging into this file this this emotion and then the next song you're digging into that and so you're drawing from different experiences through life and I feel like that's what I got a leg up more on, on myself now than I than my previous versions you know when yeah. I was just wisdom's a funny thing yeah i was just you know mimicking my favorite artist or you know yeah. i was just going after my Jimi hendrix vibe or you know like copying my favorite guitar players like now i actually it's it's an accompaniment as like the instrument is, is a tool and a and an emotional antenna that i can broadcast towards the audience yeah. and try to but that that has to be so a performance has to be not only physically demanding but emotionally demanding oh yeah i mean you must be spent by the end of the show well it depends sometimes i'm spent sometimes i'm juiced yeah you know but most often than not i'm juiced (laughs) (laughs) yeah right (laughs) but that you know i'll be i'll want to stay up till four in the morning after a good show because i just i feel like it was the energies have been just amplified and yeah and i feel like i'm as an artist I feel like I'm almost too overexposing myself in a sense. Yeah. You know, because uh, I've been learning these dead tunes lately. And because we had to, we went out to California and played this wedding. And uh, they wanted to hear like six, seven dead songs. So I, I learned them. And and uh, the the lyrics are so mystical. You know, yeah. They're so mysterious. And I enjoy that because it's not how I write songs. Like right. I I write very very point blank, you know. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no yeah. there's not a whole lot of interpretation to it. So part of me feels like, well shoot, maybe I am a little too over exposing myself. So I was with my uh, brother-in-law, very bright guy, super bright guy, and he was making the argument that uh the difference between a, a Dylan or or what made Dylan great in his view was his academic literacy that he could sing about or emulate the ideas of a very specific poet and put that those ideas to music whereas most other songwriters can't and uh, I, I thought that was a very interesting observation I, I'm not drawn to poetry I'm drawn to lyrics but I I'm not drawn to oblique messages if you got a story to tell tell me the story I don't want to have to figure it out yeah you know sometimes <laughs> I see both sides of it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm on both. I, I really am. Because like, I do like to have my spirits lifted and, and be yeah. put in a good place. I like romantic songs. I like story songs. This whole learning these dead tunes is really opening my eyes to the Robert Hunter. Totally interpret, interpret millions of web pages devoted towards dissecting yeah. and, and interpreting these lyrics. And I think it's hilarious, you know, that, and it's awesome. Yeah, but I I totally I've I've most often sided with like what you're saying where just tell me 
yeah. tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Like, and, yeah. and I love Dylan too. Dylan could. Dylan was probably the first songwriter that could literally like paint a picture in my mind. Yeah, just by hearing the tune, and I so really enjoyed that. Do you hear other? Are there other artists now that you associate with that as well that do that? Paint I, that can paint pictures. Um, Tom Petty's great at that. Um, contemporary guys, gosh, I always draw blanks when I'm. That's cool, I, but Tom Petty. You know, the interesting thing about Tom Petty is, uh, it's so it sounds so simple, but it's really so complicated. Yeah. So he makes incredibly complicated things sound super uh, easy. Uh, I was uh, listening to the new Lucinda Williams, where she does the entire album of Tom Petty covers, and uh, hmm. it really hearing someone else do his body of work, uh, really. Uh, brought it alive in a new way for me i really enjoyed that i didn't yeah. think i would don't tell my sister that she's a huge lucinda williams fan and i always downplay it you know i'm like nah Aww. she's all right yeah see i <laughs> see sarah bank got me into lucinda williams yeah because yeah. sarah bank was a huge lucinda williams fan and i remember like where where should i start and she pointed me towards cartwheels on a gravel road yeah, and i remember when that album came out yeah that was a great record yeah. uh, i want to remind people of course chris will be participating in the 18th annual toy drive for the pine ridge indian reservation simulcast on sunday december 5th where are you going from here it's pretty much opened the door to the next original record which is in the can i'm currently mixing Oh wow! So it's already done. Yeah, we I recorded it pretty much the same time. Sitting at home during COVID, did that stimulated your creativity and? Yeah, yeah, it really did. It stimulated my creativity and my carpal tunnel. Because <laughs> I've played a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Well, let's hear this song then. It's from the brand new record, Blues Lover, right here on Pacific Street Blues. <laughs> Turn you on, come on Turn you on, come on Ooh. 